The lumpy 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 Hi, everybody. I'm Natalie Mills. And I'm Sarah Stark. And you are listening to The Lumpy Mother, the podcast where we talk about the joys and terrors of motherhood. We are two best friends and moms who love learning and laughing together. I have an eight-month-old son and a -a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And I have four kids, an eight-year-old daughter, and three sons who are seven, six, and 18 months old. And because we need to remind ourselves of this sometimes, we're more than just moms. We're people, too. We are people. And as a person, (laughs) as a person, I like to read books, especially ones that aren't about counting elephants or wishing a dump truck goodnight. I'm also passionate about collecting crafting supplies that I will probably never use. And I, as a person, enjoy sleeping eight hours without interruption. I also value quiet, peaceful mornings, sipping hot coffee while reading a book, and loud, repetitive noises are a personal pet peeve of mine. So if you want consolation in the fact that you're not the only parent who is so mentally exhausted, you accidentally called a lawnmower a yard vacuum... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Did you do that? Yeah, I absolutely did that once. But you have come to the right space. The way this works is each week, Sarah and I will have a yes, a no, and a hello for the week. Or in other words, we're going to do something good, something bad, and something random that has to do with our week in parenting. Natalie and I have a feeling you'll be able to relate to our experiences. But if you can't relate, we absolutely want to hear from you. So email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com. We love to learn and we want to know what you think about the topics that we cover. Yeah. All right. So we have a bit of house cleaning we need to attend to before we dive into this episode. Uh, In this case, though, it's not house cleaning. I don't mind so much because it's not the kind that magically shows up every single day, no matter how much time I spend cleaning the day before. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But anyways, Natalie and I realized we might want to let everyone know a little bit about how we got to know each other and become such good friends. It was totally magic. It was magic. (gasps) Magic, it was. (laughs) If magic exists, it was in that moment. So I used to live in northwest Indiana in the same town as Natalie. We went to high school together, but we didn't really know each other then. I don't even think we talked. I think we had like a few mutual friends, um, Mm -hmm. but I do somewhere have pictures from prom because of one of those mutual friends you came over to my house with a bunch of people yeah, i don't think i that's right i, don't, I forgot yeah about that. i don't think that i talked to you because i was a little intimidated you were very cool you were oh, so I, much cooler than i was i no. was i've always been a weird person <laughs> Somewhere, though, I do. I think I have a picture, though, somewhere of us lined up in my front yard or like my childhood front yard mm-hmm. um, with like 20 other people in our prom dresses. Yeah. You had a no, great now dress. That you bring too. it up. I remember it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. other than that, we didn't we didn't talk. No, yet. we didn't. And then and then what happened? The years passed. Lonely, lonely, sad years. After college. We worked at a nonprofit together. It was kind of random and we totally clicked immediately. We did. I still remember the shirt you were wearing. (laughs) Is it starting to sound like a love love story? (laughs) What shirt was I wearing? You were wearing a pink shirt. It was pink. And and you were pregnant with Harrison with your Harrison. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so funny. Who is six funny. now. So that was six years ago. I just or remember. he just turn seven? He just no, turned he seven, six. yeah. Oh, he just. <gasps> no, he just turned six. <laughs> <laughs> There's four of them. This happens a lot. Um, yeah, I remember. I, I do not hold that against you. <laughs> I remember our director said that we had a new person coming in and it was your name. And I was like excited because I knew who you were. And I think at that point I was like, no, this will be fun. And then you came in and it was like we clicked right away. 
Mm-hmm. And it kind of skyrocketed from there. I will say one of my favorite memories is at your wedding when the DJ was like, all right, it's time to close it down. And it was supposed to, <laughs> it's supposed to be you and your husband Ben's last dance. But yeah. you were you were moving across the country so soon after that. And I was not like emotionally prepared. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I I stole you away from him from your you last did. romantic. <laughs> song of your wedding and I sobbed through the whole thing <laughs> and like it was a beautiful like, it was one of the most beautiful you. moments of my wedding <laughs> it was with Natalie <laughs> but I think um, I feel like that explains our relationship yeah. so now we're on opposite ends of the country and um we talk regularly mm-hmm. just because of the kids um and just general support <laughs> yes yeah there's there. Yeah. If ever I'm having a down day or anything goes wrong or I find something funny, it's Natalie. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, and it's wonderful. So just, We're so lucky. Yeah. I honestly, though, that is true. Um, so yeah. we just wanted to make sure everybody understood kind of how we knew each other. <laughs> As we yeah, journeyed back <laughs> and enjoyed nostalgia together. I hope you all felt included. <laughs> this, this podcast is for you, too. <laughs> all right. So, um. We really thought it would be cool to take a minute or two each and talk back about what we talked about on the last episode and yeah. um, maybe like if we had any other ideas from it or just last minute thoughts. And so I'm going to go first today. So um, in the last episode, I talked about how much I hate cooking. And first, I called my mom <laughs> because I have twin sisters who are three years younger than me. And my dad is a retired airline captain, which meant that throughout my entire life and childhood, he'd be home for two or three days and then gone for two or three days for 30 years, you know. So when I and so when I was three, my mom had, you know, two infants, newborn twins at home. So I called her and I asked her um, because my memories are all of her with a like hot meal. But I needed some. (laughs) <laughs> like reassurance that she didn't always do that and yeah and she, yeah and she said she said that they did do or she thinks we did a lot of like sandwiches and fish sticks and whatnot but it was just interesting having her think back on that but then also I tried to figure out why I hate cooking so much because it's definitely not like the cooking itself it's not being in the kitchen and it's and I realized for me at least it's absolutely all of the planning and um like organizing that goes into it i hate looking at i hate looking at the week ahead and trying to figure out what we're going to eat every night because i am not creative with food and so it's like the same 10 things in rotation constantly which is so frustrating um so that's why i realized when i say when i say i hate cooking i don't think it's that i hate cooking it's that i hate all of the decision making and planning that goes into it so that's that's my only update Yeah, I completely but. agree because I like making like a special meal or a, or baking yes. something special, especially yeah. if I've been watching nonstop or uh, binge watching uh, the British Bake Off. <laughs> um, What's your rewind this week? Yeah, I wanted to rewind and I looked up some fun facts about mindfulness and how it works with our brain to help us regulate our emotion. And it's just super fascinating. And I see why it's it works for me when I'm able to apply it. That's awesome. Um, so I found online, let's see here, the Mayo Clinic definition. And it says, so this is just to define it. Mindfulness is a type of meditation in which you focus on being intensely aware of what you're sensing and feeling in the moment without interpretation or judgment. The judgment part, that's harder Ooh, than you would yeah, think that when you start home. paying attention. Um, and then I found this other interesting, um, this one's about mindfulness and emotional regulation. It's from... Taylor Study Method, which is a behavior health company, and it's a dot com. So I don't know how well that source is, but they did they did cite a bunch of academic sources and different people researching this that have been published in academic journals. So I feel like it's trustworthy. Also, it goes with what I want mindfulness to do, and it sounds good. So that must make it a ways. 
mindfulness helps with emotional regulation. One, it can help us better manage our emotional states simply by calming us down. Research shows mm. that when mindfulness is practiced in context of meditative breathing, it helps to slow down the heart rate and underscore feelings of safety and thus to shift the brain away from the types of flight freeze responses that hijack the higher cognitive functions. And so what I understand this is when we get triggered by something and our body goes into that like primitive survival mode, mm-hmm. our reasonable brain goes offline. Yeah. And we go into that. That's when you feel those emotions when they start to take over you and you can't control them. And mindfulness can help counter that by keeping your reasonable brain online. And breathing is one simple way to do that. Which is huh. so fascinating to me because breathing is the one thing that we can control cognitively and it's mm-hmm. also just managed subconsciously when we don't think about it. And because of that, yeah. I can tie the two like brain parts together. Um, yeah. I'm still learning about this. I'm fascinated by psychology, but I am in, by no means an expert, but I love to learn and read about how we can use our brains to not freak out on our children So another (laughs) reason mindfulness is uh, beneficial in emotional regulation is it increases the gap between stimulus and response. So it helps you give you that pause before you react. One more thing is that it explains that often our approach to emotional discomfort is to do things that make us feel happier and thus to decrease the intensity of discomfort and pain. Mindfulness works the other way around by increasing your ability to bear with discomfort, both on the physical and emotional level. When our capacity to bear with emotional discomfort is enlarged, we are less likely to react to our emotions or let them control us. Which is so different than everything I've ever learned up until the last few years. Like, instead of pushing discomfort away and be like, no, 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 I just want to be happy. No, that's a part of life. And we need to learn how to work with it and handle it. That's a great um, update from that. That's all. Thank you. Yeah, I found it really interesting. Okay, so that leads into my yes, which were uh, our all other coping mechanisms that I use to deal with the constant tantrums because <laughs> they don't stop. Oh, Natalie. <sighs> um, uh, this week's one was better than last week, but there's, okay. there was a day where I had to instigate every single coping mechanism I knew because it's just nonstop. And I think sometimes my daughter who's two and a half, Evie just has to get it out, you know, like things build up and then she just releases them in a day. And that was, I think it was Wednesday. And so, um, yeah, so I have a lot. And, And I think what I used to struggle with when she first started tantrums around, was it like the 18 month mark? Mm -hmm. Um, was it used to, really drive me wild when I saw online that you have to stay calm and be the calm for your kid when there's these tantrums because I've never heard of anyone who wasn't triggered by constant screaming and when it goes on yeah. relentlessly all day and 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 I just thought that was so unrealistic and I think there's a difference between like a kid having a single tantrum because they can't have a second cookie I can stay calm in that situation but when it's been tantrum after tantrum for hours that breaks you down so what kind of coping mechanisms are you using yes so what i do (laughs) one thing and this is kind of funny is i saw this on an instagram post and i wish i could remember who said it so i could give them a shout out um but to sit on the to lay on the floor and then put your legs up on the wall and then to take deep breaths and so wednesday i think Ben, my husband, came down, I don't know how many times, and I'm just on different walls with my feet up, breathing, while Evie, my daughter, is just screaming and screaming and screaming and saying, I want a fruit snack! Fruit snacks! I want to watch Tumble Leaf! Um, And I'm just... (sighs) And uh, so that's one. I looked it up, and it's a yoga pose. Um, Ooh! Let's yeah, and so you go in like this L shape. You take deep breaths, and I looked it up, and it says from this yoga site I found, uh, it reduces stress and anxiety and supports the immune and nervous systems. Uh, it supports blood flow back to the heart, which makes sense, um, and sends a message to the body and the nervous system to move into rest, digest, and de-stress. Interesting mode. 
So do you feel better afterwards? It, it helps. It helps me separate me from her emotions and just I have something new to focus on. And I do. I do feel better. So I'm learning that I can handle this. <laughs> I did not think I could when I first started. I, I, I really <laughs> didn't. Another thing is, is a cold shower, which I've heard my whole life. Have you not heard, like, take a cold shower? And I just dismissed it as, like, put a, I don't know, a dead chicken yes. over your head, like the old wives' tales. <laughs> it goes along with, like, drink more water in my brain. You know, it's like... Yeah, where you're just kind of like, Ugh. I can't roll my eyes. At- I drink a ton of water, so that's not... Not a great example, but at the same time, like it feels I don't know why I dismiss that idea, but it doesn't sound enjoyable. It's miserable. The, the... <laughs> but let me tell you why it works. <laughs> the after effect is really beneficial. Like It feels really amazing after, but getting the motivation to do it. But basically, if I'm having a really rough day, I will get in the shower which is a feat in itself some days, and I will turn it cold, and I will, like, ferociously stare at this spot on my shower that kind of looks like a tiger, because I've stared at it so <laughs> intently. And and I sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star while the, the water is ice cold, like, angry, like, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star! Ah! <laughs> you are really selling this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about it on a pod podcast with this psych- psychologist Tracy Dog Dogleash. Um, uh, if you want to follow her on Instagram, she's at Dr. Tracy D, and I love her. She's just so wise. I love wise people. <laughs> um, I like to imagine they're owls because who who doesn't imagine wise people as owls? <laughs> so yes, and she focuses on relationships and motherhood. And she had a guest on her that was saying that this helps with anxiety. I'm like, okay, well, I'll try it. It and yes, it's miserable. Yes, it's hard. But afterwards, you're like, let's do it. Let's get this day done. Like you feel like just pumped up. And I can I for this reason, if you're having a really and when you're having a really bad day, it's easier to do because you're so angry. You just like fuel your rage into the yeah. coldness and it doesn't feel so bad. If I have a, I can almost guarantee you I'll have at least one rough day next week. So when I do, I will try it and I'll, <laughs> and I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. You've, you've okay. been, you, you've been um, telling me how much you believe in these and I just have been really resisting, but <laughs> this is the week. This is the week. I'll do it. <laughs> Okay, I believe you. And if you don't, that if you have other coping mechanisms, dude, that's fine. I I need coping mechanisms. I think my really unhealthy coping coping mechanism is snacking. Mm. <laughs> if I'm stressed out, it I use that as an excuse to eat like crazy, mm. uh, and absolutely eat all of the things that are horrible for me. Well, I think for me, what really spurred it on is just is recovering from depression. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I need something more. So I'm, I just grasp on anything that's going to help me help keep me above that, yes. like really heavy, that heaviness that can fall. Because I think what scared me about mo- most about postpartum depression was that you think you're fine and then it just hits you and like how close you can, you are to it. Yes. Even when you're walking around thinking everything's okay, and then you're just like, whoa, what happened here? And And I think I've been scared ever since. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you're um, like so deep in the trenches of that, you're willing to try anything to feel just a little bit better, you know, no matter how crazy it sounds. I I think that Mm -hmm. in those moments, you're just looking for something to be a ray of light. And these are things for me, yeah, that I can hold yeah. on to that make me feel like I have control over something yeah. that that I often feel so out of control with. But yeah, but there is some scientific evidence if you need if you need more evidence that I found online. I like to research things. That's another that's another way I feel in control is just like looking everything up <laughs> and feeling like I know as much as I can, which actually hurt me before I had my first daughter because I read all the books. I did all the oh, things yeah. and um, she had colic and there's nothing, none, nothing that's going to work yeah. except just just maintaining and just having grit and well, just being there every day. Whew. If anyone's going through that right now, just... I oh, I could just cry thinking about you, and I just want to send you all the love I can. Um, 
that is yeah. that pushes every limit you have as a human. But anyways, back to the cold shower. Researchers from the University of Osaka found that cold water water bathing had a beneficial effect in reducing the cortisol hormone, which we all know is the stress hormone. And some studies show that it can improve our resilience to stress. Also, people with the habit of swimming in cold water and taking cold showers reported improved mood, less stress, more energy, and pain relief from rheumatism. Huh. And one more interesting tidbit. It activates beta-endorphin and noradrenaline in the brain. Noradrenaline is used in antidepressant med- medications. Oh, interesting. That's pretty incredible. And then my other thing is just breath work. Like, if Franklin is... is He's been really fussy lately. He's just going through, like, some mental development stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, he's had, having a hard time falling asleep for naps. And so he, so I'll let him cry for a little bit, and I kind of just lay on the floor and just breathe in and then let my breath go all the way out. And supposedly, when you let your breath go all the way out and, and you breathe out longer than you breathe in, it helps activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is, like... Oh, don't ask me, but <laughs> it has something to do with, with uh, staying out of that that survival fight flight freeze mode. And so basically you don't want a, your rational mind to go offline and breathing like that is one way to prevent that. So that's my yes for today. That was good. Thank you. I'm really proud of you for being able to even be in the state of mind to remember those in the moments that are just like this is all crashing down around me, you know? So that's really knowing the things. And that's the hardest part is like when this is happening, for some reason you want to let yourself go there because Mm -hmm. that's what your body like naturally wants to do. So to be able to stop yourself, that, that is the hardest part. But once you do it, it feels better. Yeah. Well, and knowing things and doing things are two separate. You can know these things, but that doesn't always mean you put them into action, but you are putting them into action. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Can't wait to hear about your cold shower. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, All right. So my yes this week is an awesome yes. And it's honestly, it's (laughs) my yes is is just about my mom. I work part time. And one of one of the many things I love about my job is that I can do most of it from home, which is awesome. I do have a desk and an office that I share with a few other ladies that I can um, go into when I want. And it's really good for me to get in every so often because it means that I get away from the house a little bit. You know, it's a little bit of a routine outside my house, but also I am much more productive when I'm sitting at my desk versus when I'm in the playroom surrounded by my kids. So, um, so I'm trying to go in every so often, but of course we're in the middle of a pandemic right now and childcare is expensive no matter what. So my mom has been helping out every so often. And so on Tuesday she came to watch my kids all day so that I could go to work. And I knew this was going to be a, another really rough week. Nick has um, six nights of sports again. So I, called her last week and asked if after she babysat if she could stay through dinner just to help me um with the with that like the witching hour like we talked about last time that time that is so hard to control and because my mom is awesome she was like yes absolutely my mom is my yes this week because she roll she rolls with the punches a hundred percent she there's no judgment from her which is everyone needs someone like that in their life when she walks in my house it's chaos from the get-go first off we have a nine-month-old great dane who is like 90 95 (laughs) pounds and will grow for another nine months. We think she's going to be around 160 pounds to 180 pounds. She's going to be huge. But because she's still a puppy, she still has puppy excitement. So like my mom walks in the door and Frida, our great, great Dane is like all energy. The kids who have known that grandma's coming and um, they have not seen grandma a ton because we've just have not been been with other people a lot obviously um so my kids 
it was almost like they were quivering with excitement, like little chihuahuas in the corner. You know, they had crazy eyes and they were just like shaking because grandma was coming for a whole day and they couldn't contain themselves. Oh, I can just envision this. Yeah. Or like trapped in the corner by the door or something, you know, just like "Ah!" (laughs) rabid animals. And so um, so my mom walks in and first it's the dog who's tall enough to essentially reach your face without with all four paws on the ground and then it's all four kids going like losing their minds and then you walk into the house itself and half of my Christmas decorations are still up and the other half are just like in boxes and tubs throughout every room it's a mess in my living room and I counted I counted just so that I know that I wouldn't be exaggerating I had seven laundry baskets of clean laundry that I had been washing and they're just like there's it's the corner. It's the laundry <laughs> basket corner. So she, I mean, you walk into my house and it's it's chaos. And but she's like here for but it. But let's let's tell everyone about the magic that is your Christmas. Though, how many trees do you have? <laughs> I let's guess to get to the why yeah. it's so hard to put all this away because you are the you do the most beautiful, amazing Christmases in your hundred some year old house. Yeah. And I, anyways, we but. do. It's a it's a lot of boxes. I'll say that, but. My mom walks in and she's like, she does not even bat an eye. She's here for it. She's ready. I go to work and she does all of my kids virtual learning with them, which is the biggest blessing ever because it means that I don't have to do it when I get home or do twice as much the next day, you know, and my kids are out. They're pretty good at e-learning, but you do have to kind of like stay on top of them. And my um, six-year-old son Harrison is in kindergarten he can't read a lot of instructions it's a lot of hand holding oh, there yeah. so she did all of the virtual learning with them she gives because she's grandma she gives each of the kids like one-on-one play time that they don't even get from me regularly you know she played yeah. she played on the floor with American Girl dolls with Ava she did card games with the boys they did Pokemon stuff so they got a ton of attention that they don't always get get when it's me or my husband Nick in the house so they were fulfilled in that way by the time I got home and I cooked dinner she entertains my kids happily while I'm cooking the whole time she stays through dinner which was awesome and then she helps me put the kids in their pajamas she reads them bedtime stories she changes charlie's diaper puts him in his pajamas lays him down to bed gets all of my kids in bed i feel like i'm following her around like a fifth kid <laughs> she's like wow <laughs> she she walked in and she took That's charge incredible. Yeah. yeah and so um so uh, yeah moms, so she man. Yes, like we're moms right? but like they're mom, like I know. our moms are moms. They're superstar moms. Because <laughs> my mom was the same way. Yes. Yeah, when she came and when, um, so she didn't get to meet Franklin for a while because yeah. uh, of COVID, which was mm-hmm. hard. But she came in September. Yeah. And he was about four or five months old, and she just she did all the dishes. I could not ask for anything more. That's and that's uh, that was incredible. Yes, and it is a hundred percent that. And so, um. I mean, and like Mike, the boys room especially is a disaster. I mean, you can't see the floor in most of their room because I just I don't have the patience to sit with them a lot of times. So but she doesn't care. She climbs through all of it and tucks them into bed. And then after all of my kids are in bed, which she did 100 percent of the work for, we sat on the couch in the living room and she just like hung out with me for an hour and a half and like and it was awesome because we have been really careful. COVID is very real for us. We mm-hmm. lost um, Nick's, my husband's dad died of COVID. And so, um, so we have barely left the house other than school and work. So I have not had a lot of time with my mom who I'm really close with and usually see pretty often. Um, So it was beautiful in that way. But also, I think she could tell that I needed some like nourishment outside of my kids. You know, I think she just knew that I needed an adult to like hang out with kind of does that make sense oh hundred percent uh-huh every parent out there understands what i'm talking about right now when i say mm-hmm. that oh, you can feel so alone even though you're with yes. kids all day because it's not yeah it's not the level of, 
of company that you you need. I think nourishment's the perfect word that you yes. said. It was just, it was incredible. And it totally got me through this week. Mm-hmm. It's weird because sometimes when this happens, when I feel like I have to apologize, like, oh, you know, thank you for staying late. I feel really bad that you did that. Like there's some guilt there. And then I remind myself that I would be so happy to do that for my kids one day. And I know I just want to say that I know that everyone obviously does not have this kind of relationship with their mother. Right. And they were very fortunate. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was yes in every way for me was her coming and stepping up and taking care of my kids, but then also kind of taking care of me. A little bit too. And just how she did it so intuitively. Yeah. Where, like you said, you felt like you were just falling around, but because she came, she just came and took charge. Yep. And sometimes, man, oh boy, would I love for someone else to be in charge? You yes. Know? Well, when someone comes and takes charge, it's not only a physical break, like my body is getting a break, it's a mental break as well because yes. I don't have to think, okay, which of these kids have not brushed their teeth yet? Who needs these things? It's like that kind of checklist that as a parent for me it's just as a mom is constantly going on in my head she checked off all of the homework stuff all three of my older kids take music lessons everyone practiced their instruments that day i mean it was just like everything that needed to happen happened and it it was amazing yeah that's my yes this week and it was that is a a hundred percent all around full circle everything that i needed kind of yes Yeah, well, thank you for sharing such a powerful yes. I think we can all feel gratitude, especially in this time of COVID and just unprecedented stresses. Yeah, and I I hope that even if um, our listeners don't have that kind of relationship with their mom, I Mm -hmm. hope that you have someone out there that um, can do these things for you with no judgment and no guilt, you know, that can... Or even to um, call, yeah. Yes. Be in your life with no guilt or no judgment. That's really the big thing for me is that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that's my yes, which means now that we've done two yeses, we move on to no's. So what's your no no for this week? (laughs) My no is power struggles because I I Mm. struggle with them, as I'm sure many do. And it's and it. I get wrapped up in winning for some reason. I I didn't realize I had such a side in me. And the biggest thing is just putting Evie's hair up so that she doesn't get eggs in whatever she's eating for breakfast or lunch or dinner in her hair. Um, And I was thinking as we went on a walk and she had her hair in a messy ponytail because she wouldn't let me brush it and had egg and whatever else in it and it's sticky and messy. The reason that... I want her hair up so much is because I'm so worried other people are going to judge me about how cleanly mm. she looks. And she's she takes regular baths. She's clean. But she doesn't look like she's clean. <laughs> she looks she looks like very messy. She looks like she uh, just dove into a bat of scrambled eggs. A bat, not a bat. Um, but I'm working on that. I'm working on... What matters for my daughter Mm -hmm. and a few eggs in her hair isn't as important as the big thing for me is bodily autonomy. I want her to feel like Mm. she has a say over her body, which is tough because he also if you give her all the say, it's going to be neglect because she has to be clean. She has to do things she doesn't want to do with her body, Mm -hmm. like her wash her hair or put on clothes when, you know, outside to stay warm. So you have to find that balance. And I often get trapped in the, we're doing her hair. <laughs> and she's screaming and she hates it. And oh. I remember hating it as a kid, too. And that's just something I'm struggling with, going back and forth. I feel this you know. on such a personal level for many reasons. Yeah. Not only because I have, this is something I've noticed about myself, that it's like if I get in an argument or something with one of the kids, like a disagreement, my competitive nature comes out and I... Like really unhealthily. Yeah, it's hard to stop yourself. Yes. So you just keep going and going and going. And Yes. But also um, Ava, who is she's eight and she does not like to have her hair brushed. She has never liked to have her hair brushed. It's always her screaming and she's eight and it's still like this. And um, there is like this, like people are going to judge you differently as a parent. 
You know, yeah. Ava's clean. Her clothes are clean. She just doesn't like to brush her hair. I will say the the biggest thing that we ever did, our saving grace, was chopping it short. It's like chin length most of the time. It was hard for me to let go of long hair because I love to braid. I love to do all the fun stuff. But she won't let me do any of that anyways. I didn't realize how attached I would be to her hair to Evie's mm-hmm. hair because she's only two and a half and she still has her baby curls at the bottom and so we still haven't cut her hair and she's you know it's it's down in the middle of her back yeah and I know it make things a lot easier for everyone involved it's probably really worth it yeah just got to make the leap um but yeah power struggles and stopping myself from getting to a point where I'm really upset mm-hmm. because I'm not winning I feel like a lot, sometimes it's my pride or something. Once I calm yeah. down, I can look back on that argument and realize, okay, that was not yes. worth that fight. It was not actually mm-hmm. a big deal like I thought it was in the moment. And so... Yeah, why did I escalate yeah. that to such an extent? Why did yes. why did I just walk away? Why do I have to win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think you do this with your husband at all, with Ben? Oh, Yeah. I would say I think my biggest issue is like I want him to apologize first. I mean, but I can apologize, too. I took like everyone is both parties are responsible in an argument, Mm -hmm. whether you want to be or not. (laughs) But there's this pride (laughs) and you're just like, he was more wrong. He was more wrong. (laughs) Mine's really similar. It's like um, if I am right about even dumb stuff, like if we are watching a movie and he's like, oh, that's the guy that played so and so. And I'm like, no, it's not. And then we get into an argument and he looks it up and I was right. If I find out I'm right, I need him to like make a big deal out of the fact that I was right and he was wrong. That's how unhealthy competitive I get with this stuff. It's 90 percent of the time it's about someone that's an actor in a movie. So, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's my no. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny how we get so so trapped in these emotions when mm-hmm. and then when you're able to reflect on them with a more reasonable mind, you're like, that's just so silly. And then you do it again the next day. So that's my no. Natalie, what's your no this week? My no has changed multiple times. This actually happened today, and my no is The guilt and stress that comes with spending money on things that you still kind of need. Sarah, you're half of this story, so you already know all of this. But (laughs) the older kids um, went back to school today. They're in person this week, Thursday and Friday. So, yes, it (laughs) was such a relief. It was. I love my children so much, but it was kind of like Christmas morning (laughs) watching them go to school. Every human needs space. And yes. quiet. Yes. Um, <laughs> so they are back at school, which means it was just me and Charlie for two days, which was awesome. There's a lot of like weird things that have been on my to do list, things that we've needed to get that I just haven't because it's so hard to do when I have to take four kids to the store with me, you know, and a lot of times I don't like doing my shopping at night because then I'm not with him either. You know, today I put on like real clothes I take that back. I still had yoga pants on, but they were clean. They were, they were clean yoga pants. Um, <laughs> but I did like actually do my hair and I put a little bit of makeup on. It was awesome. I was standing in Target and I sent Sarah, I sent you a text because I knew that you would make me feel better about it in that moment. And I told you, like, I'm just on a really big spending spree today. And you got really excited for me. And you were like, what did you buy yourself? (laughs) And then I started listing the things that I had bought, which included like organizational tubs and a laundry (laughs) basket and curtains for the boys room can i tell you real quick we live on one of the two major streets in our town which is also technically a state highway the boys room faces the highway and the very busy sidewalk (laughs) we've been here for a year like a year and three months and they've never had blinds (laughs) or curtains and one of my boys is is naked half of his life so i finally (laughs) bought curtains today for their room um what else oh i got some clearance jammies for charlie because you can never pass up good jammies light bulbs i got (laughs) i got light bulbs and i and as i texted out i realized this sounds so sad now Mm -hmm. and you even said 
you were like, none of those things. This is not a shopping spree. These are just, this is errands. This is not the same thing. Well, no, that's what I I remember. I said something like, just as I expected, nothing fun for you. This is not like, because I did the same thing. I go and I, like I told, I texted you that I one time bought pillows for a family because we needed more pillows. And I felt Mm -hmm. so guilty because pillows are expensive. Yeah, it's so weird. And that's the thing. mm -hmm. And that's, I stood there, I was at Target and I stood there with the cart and I like, why do I feel guilty about buying curtains for my boy's room? They need curtains. Why do I feel guilty about- Absolutely, they need curtains. Like everything you just said, like they need curtains. Yes, about buying Mm -hmm. light bulbs and organizational tubs so that my life isn't quite as chaotic. You know, I don't understand why there was the guilt for that. And so then you you were awesome and you kind of were like, why don't you- you find something for yourself and so i i did dig through <laughs> I did. Like this is gonna be something you feel yeah. guilty about anyway you may as well enjoy let's, it <laughs> let's just go there um yeah and so i did go through all of the clearance stuff and i found two shirts for myself the other thing i bought for myself which this is this is another this just ties into all of this um our puppy and like all puppies do, they chew on a lot of stuff. And I woke up one morning and she had chewed on the only good bra that I had because I'm a mom and I had oh, no. I had a single bra, you know, that wasn't a sports bra yep. or whatever. Um, and that was two months ago. So for two months, I have only been wearing sports bras and swimsuit tops. And I'm at church every Sunday. <laughs> so. If you've seen me in the last two months, that's what's been going on. But um, and it, and it's so stupid. I I need a bra, and I, like I couldn't convince myself just to buy one. It makes me so mad at myself. It sounds dumb when you say it out loud, but I do the same thing in my head, yes. especially bras because they are pricey. They're they yeah, are so, expensive. Yeah, I mean I have the same bras from years and years ago, and I yes. just they, I'm sure yeah. they don't fit right. And my Exactly. We've had kids, so everything changes. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that one bra that the dog ate, it was probably at least four years old. I feel guilty about the fact that I have to buy it, and then I get angry at myself because I feel guilty for that. You know, it's this whole cycle. Yeah. So, um, so I bought myself, like, a $20 Target bra, which was, like, at least it's something, I guess. Yeah. But um, I, it made me, like have this internal conversation about why do I have to rationalize some of these things? And um, why do I have, why does there guilt that comes with some of this stuff like curtains or light bulbs or whatever else? And there were, um, Oh, I also bought myself a hair straightener. So, and good. I'm sure you've had your other hair straightener for, that's since, exactly. I've had mine so, since high school. So yeah, well, since Ava was little, I think is yeah. Um, so at least eight years. Um, it's like sticky and weird. But the point is that I <laughs> I came up with two sticky reasons. And weird. Yeah, <laughs> it is, so. I like that description. Good. <laughs> um, and it also like pulls out my hair every so often. Do you ever use one where like your hair gets stuck <sighs> in a crack of it? Anyways, it's another. I have a lot of triggers, and I hate my hair pulled. <laughs> like when it's, it's like just a few fine hairs and then just one hair. Yes, that pain. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out why I feel these things, and um, and I came up with two things, and I think. The first one is the fact that um, because I'm buying them, they feel like they're for me, even though they're not technically for me. So then it's like, well, you know, I feel bad because Nick doesn't really buy anything for himself like this. And then it's like, no, it's curtains. It's not for anyone. It's <laughs> for your just, boys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I just, I, you know, like the organizational tubs, you know, technically, yes. Could I use old Amazon boxes to sort some of this stuff out? Probably, you know, for Nick, like that would be fine. And so that's why it feels like it's for me, I guess, in some way. Hmm. The other part of it, and this is honestly, this is probably the biggest part, is that for most of our marriage, um, Nick is my husband. Nick is an assistant principal now, but he was an elementary school teacher for the rest of our marriage. And I um, I was in college, so I was a broke college student. And then um, I've stayed home with kids. I've done weird jobs like not serving is not a weird job but like stuff like that a lot um and then um 
our oldest son, Henry, is adopted, which is a very expensive thing. So all of this ties together just to say that um, we have rarely felt financial stability in our marriage until Nick got the assistant principal job. So for yeah. eight years of our marriage, um, buying a plastic organizational tub when I didn't technically need it was usually not okay. You know, even, yeah. even when I was, you know, I, you make really good money serving. So it, it wasn't that we weren't both bringing in money. A lot of it, there was a good solid two years through the adoption that uh, every penny we had was going to that, you know? And so, so I think that um, the eight years of just literally living paycheck to paycheck. And I mean that in every, we didn't, have a savings account you know um if something had gone wrong i don't know what we would have done and that was just the reality of our life um and so um so i think living like that for so long has changed the way that i think about spending money and in some ways it's good because it makes us pretty frugal but in other ways when it comes to like feeling guilt about buying a laundry basket it's just ridiculous so um yeah so i honestly i think that's where it came from and and it was good because i do have to talk myself through that sometimes when <laughs> this is really silly but when he got his job um we had had a um like a clogged sink for months and we had never done anything about it and so i went out and i bought like drain x or whatever it's called yeah and it was the first time since we had been married that i had ever purchased something like that that wasn't like usually if we had a clogged drain it was me with a wire hanger getting it out you know but um it, it felt like a luxury item in that moment i was like i have bought this $12 container of goo <laughs> that is only for drains that is for nothing else. I don't have to multi-purpose it. I don't have to make it on my own. Um, and yes. that was like, I sent him to get a dirty. Yes. Know? Well, I sent him a text. I was like, this feels like living the high life. Yeah. I hate the guilt that comes with purchasing yeah. even necessary well, things. Well, after such a history of that, I, I can imagine, you know, um, but I love how with the drain now, it kind of made you feel grateful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know? And it, it, that's absolutely, no, it's, it's, um, having eight years like that has done two things to me. One of them is it's made me extremely grateful for everything that we can bring into our house now. Yeah. Um, and it makes me feel really blessed. The other one is I feel like I have to, um, <laughs> like if I get a, um, dresser from a garage sale and then my mom is like oh this is a really nice dresser I'm like it was on sale I only paid $40 <laughs> like, you know which is which is a very midwest kind of thing too but I oh, feel like I have a, to like it? yeah yeah but I, I feel like I have to explain to people like don't worry I didn't spend money on it you know no, say um I I've I have I can I have to tell you I've been extremely privileged my whole life and I'm very grateful for that and so there's some things that I am I'm not aware of because well I've just never had that kind of scarcity or worry mm -hmm. and um I try to educate myself and be aware of that but so I I like to I like to get stuff from thrift stores and whenever anyone mm -hmm. would compliment me I was like it's three dollars Yes. $3. And my grandma, um, who we called Busha, she'd be like, don't tell anyone that. Why would you, why would you brag about that? But you know, what's interesting is she came, uh, from a more impoverished, impoverished background. She, um, recently passed, she was 99 years old. So mm. she grew up, um, and experienced the great depression. She remembers when she mm -hmm. was young and like her and they were in South Dakota and her, dad comes to the window and's like i have to go search for the cows and it's pitch black because it's all like it's all dust it's the dust bowl and so it's interesting how we had two different perspectives because she didn't have that so she didn't want people to know she was poor where yeah. i i didn't want people to think that i spent extravagantly on yeah. stupid things yeah or not Isn't stupid things but even clothes like there's there's yeah. like a humility in in that or something 
along yeah. those lines. The whole thing is a no for me, and I'm not sure how to work <laughs> on it. I think it's just to remind myself that it's okay. You know, I have to tell myself, yeah. or I even have to like in my brain, like, okay, I'm spending this much money. It doesn't. Every bill will still be paid. Everything is going to be okay. You know, I have yeah. to like go through that in my head now. Um, Maybe but, that's it, is that, that you think you're taking away from some sort of necessity when yes. you're not anymore. Like, you're still yeah. in that survival mental mm-hmm. state. Yeah, absolutely. So, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting, it was an immediate change in our life when Nick got his new job, and it was a... Um, almost overwhelming and it's a year and a half later I'm still kind of struggling to adjust to some of it but and I'm really excited that the kids the boys have curtains now so there's a lot of it a lot of it is me in their room at 6 a.m in my pajamas and robe and every person that's driving to work can like very clearly see me but it's fine it's fine you're safe I am really excited about your safety this is my hello okay I recently came across this guy on Instagram, and his handle is at Dutch in the USA, and he teaches survival techniques. Like if you're ever abducted or <laughs> uh, get handcuffed or um, um, zip, zip tied, yeah, or someone strangling you in a car, and I think a lot of women, especially, or anyone who's ever felt feels vulnerable yes. because of their their size or for whatever reason it, it definitely can relate to wanting to know how to survive in these situations and natalie and i well we're both true crime fans yeah, um absolutely and natalie calls me when she's going to her car at night to make sure and one time there was a person in the back of her car so yeah. <laughs> i'll save that story for another time but aware yeah. yes Oh, so scary. I think women in particular are so interested in true crime, at least for me. It's my brain going over and over again, like, how would I react in that situation? Mm-hmm. How could I get out of that situation? How yes. could I prevent that situation from happening? So and it's almost more likely like, to be in that situation. Yes. Yeah. Which it's I think al- is. Yeah. yeah. It's like relevant. exposure therapy kind of. So, yeah. 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 It's another way of feeling in control. Like if I know how to get out of these situations and all this way, these ways, then it's not so scary if it, well, I mean, it'll still be terrifying if someone's trying to strangle me in a car, but at least I know, (laughs) get my elbow in there. Oh, you have to watch his videos. I'm going to just plug them. Dutch in the USA. He's an ex Royal Marine. And I looked that up. So he must be British. He also looks like Jason oh. Bourne, so there's an added benefit. <laughs> and today, I I ordered zip ties because I wanted to see if I could do it. All right, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm a little bored, um, so they came in the mail, and I and I got the like heavy duty ones. And I put them on and I did his thing. So you, you put them on, you're supposed to make them real tight and you slam them into your belly and they're supposed to break. Well, <laughs> they did not break. And I basically <laughs> just like punched myself over and over and over. Um, and now I have these red lines on my wrist. And so it didn't it didn't work. I'm going to try again because I watched his video closer and he, he definitely got more leverage up in the air. He's also like super built <laughs> and muscular and strong. And um, um, I'm not at this point. I, I am strong in a lot yes. of ways. They just aren't all physical. <laughs> but that was zip ties. <laughs> that was zip ties. They were, yeah, really thick. And I'm like That's... kind of bleeding a little bit from them. Um, it's... Well, I think that, okay, standing in your safe house in your bedroom trying to do it is one thing. But I think watching the video, if you were ever actually in that situation, Mm. I have no doubt that the adrenaline would get you out of them. Just like it would give you the power. At least you know the technique. That's such a good point. Because I was like, I'm punching myself and it hurts. But yeah, it's really fun. I've been obsessed with his videos. I'm just like, okay, teach me all the things. I know, mm. I know, and I can teach this to my daughter. We're ready. But I'm going to try again. I'm going to do more leverage. I'm going to see if this works. Yeah, I think this is, this is, this should be um, your only New Year's resolution is to get yourself out of zip ties. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I like it because it's like physical and yeah. you can see it when it's accomplished. And you just got to do it once and then you're like, 2021, it's in the bag. I love the items that have come out that you can buy 
specifically for women to help you feel safe when you're walking through parking lots and things like that. There's um, it's like tiger claws they're called or something Mm -hmm. and it lays flat. Have you seen these? So you squeeze them with your fingers. You put the device kind of in the palm of your hand and you squeeze it with your fingers and literal metal claws pop out the end when you squeeze (laughs) it. Oh yes. Yeah. And the metal claws go in between your fingers so that if you were if you had to swipe at someone, it's not just you using your fist. It's like doing yeah. actual damage. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff because oh. um, we should link to I the, just, our show notes. Yeah. These things. Those are. Yeah, cool. actually, that's some. a great idea. We'll put some of those in there just in case you're like us and like to feel safe <laughs> in any situation. I'm really afraid of getting abducted and murdered. I've always been that way. Have you always been that way? Like since you were a teenager? Yes. Yeah, touch and go. Like I was reckless at the same time, I was terrified. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I did really <laughs> stupid things, but I was also very hyper aware that I could be abducted yeah. or something anytime. I was, <laughs> I was fear based. I was a hundred percent fear based. I was afraid of everything. You can ask my parents. We lived in the middle of nowhere. We're in a oh, very yeah. rural community, so we had 13 acres of land but we were surrounded by hundreds of acres you know so you couldn't see our neighbor's house um and i had to i had to park the car that i drove in the barn not in the garage so i will never forget the feeling the barn door was not automatic it was manual so i would park i drove a truck i'd park the truck and then you would have to turn the light off and now it's pitch black and you're outside in the pitch black. I would, the garage door had a rope on it. The barn door did. So I would pull the rope. You'd get about like a third of the way and gravity would take over and I would sprint oh to the house. <sighs> and I did that any night I was coming yeah. home late because I was terrified. I was always terrified. That sounds terrifying. You're surrounded by yeah. desolate wilderness. Yes, in, it was everywhere. In Northwest and, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look back and I did so many reckless things as a teenager. And then I also, re- but I was also, I was just a weird combination. I was um, really naive, but I had the sense for adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So <laughs> my hello for this week is uh, sleepwalking. <laughs> and... Yeah, what? <laughs> so this kind of got started. I am a little addicted to TikTok. And there is um, a woman on TikTok that I absolutely love. She's hilarious. She's really creative. She has her own makeup line. And her last um, thing of makeup, it was a collection. It was all like poop based names so it was browns <laughs> but it all it was so it's really funny but um so she has this thing where if she eats certain foods she sleepwalks like intense sleepwalking so she set up cameras in her house and a lot of her tiktoks are just the videos of her with audio and <laughs> i thought i was gonna pee myself i was laughing so hard and it made me it it started with that but then um we have my eight-year-old daughter is a sleepwalker. She sleeps, she sleepwalks probably about once a month. And sometimes it's really innocent stuff. She'll we'll be watching TV and she'll walk in and sit on the couch and kind of just stare at the wall. You just have to suggest, do you think you should go back to bed? And she'll go right back up. But every so often she does weird stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, there was one night we were um, sitting downstairs on the couch and we we don't have like I've said before, we don't have an open concept house. We live in a really old house, too, which does not help Mm -hmm. this. Um, And so she comes down the stairs and she stands in the doorway and she just stares at us because her eyes are open (laughs) Um, and she just goes, I just wanted to say goodbye and then she turns around and goes oh. back up to bed. Oh. <laughs> and um, Nick and I, I got goosebumps thinking about it. Nick and I stared yes. at each other for a second. Oh and I was like, oh. I think we, yeah. And children are already so creepy at night. They're so creepy reason. at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So she said that she walked back upstairs. I looked at Nick and I said, we need to go make sure that she ended up in bed and that everything <laughs> is okay up there. <laughs> that was really weird. She never remembers any of it. 
And so, um, but then another time Nick was upstairs and she walked out of her bedroom and into the bathroom and pet the toilet like a dog for a few minutes, for like 30 <laughs> seconds. And then, and then went back to bed and that was it. And so every so often she'll do really funny things like that. Um, and she's been doing this for years. For years she's been doing it. She never remembers it. Um, we always laugh the next day. Um, and so then I, I started looking it up because I, I just think it's so interesting. It's creepy when your kids do it, but um, it's interesting too. And one of the things that I read says that it can be hereditary. You can get it. It's like passed down from generation to generation. So I called my mom and I asked if she ever remembered us, my sisters or I sleepwalking. And she said no. And then I called my grandmother on my dad's side and asked if he ever slept walk. And she was like, yes, he slept walk all of the time. Isn't that so funny? So she Skip told me. Generation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she told me a story that she woke up one night and he was standing on their dining room table, like on top of it. Um like trying to find a cat or something they don't they never owned a cat <laughs> he was like she said that he um went to the bathroom once and went through like all of the medicine cabinet stuff in the middle of the night um and so yeah it so i thought that was really interesting and for her when i first when i told her you know ava sleepwalks she was like oh she got really worried because um like walking out the door at night of course would be a really <gasps> oh, bad thing yeah. and that's one of the things that what i read said it's it can be dangerous when it comes to that kind of thing yeah. we have an we have an alarm on the house so if she ever left it would go off right away <laughs> none of our other kids do it it's just ava um they also said that it can be brought on by a full bladder and that one of the side effects of that can be them peeing in weird places <laughs> in your house <laughs> and so and one of the things that the article said was it can be brought on by stress or anxiety. And there have been a few times where if it's either just a really bad week for Ava at school or there's a big change coming up, like transitioning from summer to school. Oh, I have noticed a few times that she it will get more active in those moments, you know, that she'll start doing it more in that like time. Like her body doesn't know to stay still yeah. or, or what. I, if something happens, I think, in sleep where... For most people, that yes. tells your body to yeah to not yeah, get up and it, walk. Yeah, yeah, it's your REM cycle, right? That's your REM cycle. It literally paralyzes your body most of the time. Sounds That's right. the only thing I remember from my college psychology or my college psychology. Well, class I know there was, was a comedian sleep. that I saw in some late show, and he was talking about how he has a disorder where his body doesn't know not to act out his dreams, and he has to live in like the special, or he has to not live, is <laughs> asleep in a special sack. That keeps him <gasps> so he doesn't like um, do anything reckless. And I think one time he thought he was he dreamt he was Superman or something like that. And he literally ran out a window and <gasps> he woke up and he was running and there's glass all around him. And he was like, well, that's one <laughs> of the big happened? one of the big things that they say is that you should never wake a sleepwalker up. You're not supposed to do that. You're mm. supposed to like convince them I've to go that. back to bed. Yeah, or but just why? like is it because they'll just I, lash out or they'll no, like be I traumatized? I have no idea. Here's the thing. I'm going to make this up. This is what I assumed, but this could not Sounds this could good. totally be wrong. <laughs> but I thought it was something like the brain it's hard for it tra to transition out of a dream in that way and then startling to wake up in a place that you didn't fall asleep uh -huh. in maybe you know i also um one of the things that it said it could be related to which i always wondered is night terrors for kids um ava had insane night terrors when she was younger they were horrible she would get them the first two or three hours after she fell asleep she would wake up screaming and i mean screaming like someone had set her on fire um and if you touched her like if you tried to hold her it would get worse it was rough um and so i kind of wondered if like okay that's a nighttime thing where your brain does something weird um and it said it can be related and so i thought that was interesting too she's our only kid who ever had night terrors like that and she would never remember them if i asked her the next morning how she slept if she had any bad dreams she'd always say no um so it's weird but wow um yeah, sleep is 
fascinating yeah. and mysterious. It is so crazy. So, hey, if any of our parents out there had kids that had <laughs> crazy night terrors yeah. and now sleepwalk, let me know. So mm. I'm not the only one that's making that connection in my head. But yeah, I do think you're right about the stress and anxiety. She always laughs about it the next day. <laughs> I think she thinks it's like her special thing. You know, <laughs> she's oh, the only yeah. one. That, it she's is the only unique. One. It's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. I yeah, have like, has... I remember having, I don't remember the night terror itself, but I remember the next morning, my grandma, my, I, when oh. I stayed at my Busha, who I had mentioned earlier, uh, my grandma, who we called Busha, mm-hmm. um, we'd sleep in the same bed. And uh, there was one night she's like, you woke up screaming. What happened? And I don't remember that. But I, I, I thought that was kind of like neat. I don't know yeah. why at the age. That's probably yeah, Ava's that age. Crazy? It's know. crazy. So that that's my hello this week. It's just but I would absolutely we'll put um, that TikTok page in our show notes as well, because if you need yes. something to laugh at, it is it is so funny. So that's today. That's that's episode yes. number two. It's crazy. As we wrap up today's episode, I just want to remind everybody out there once again that we want to hear from you. We absolutely want to hear from you. So like I said earlier, you can always email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com and um, tell us things like what are your tantrum coping strategies? Do you eat binge eat like I do? Do you do yoga poses (laughs) like Sarah does? Um, Not fancy yoga poses. I'm not flexible. (laughs) Or even just fill us in with your yes or no from your week. If you have a really funny sleepwalking story, I would love to hear (gasps) some collections of some funny sleepwalking Mm -hmm. stories, whether it was you or your kids or your siblings. Um, And who knows? Maybe we'll read some of them in the next episode. And if you like what you heard today, there are some important things you can do to help others find us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast and rate and review us. Oh, man, that would mean the world to us if you would take the time to rate us on uh, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast and share us with someone who might enjoy our show. It means a lot to us. Also, do not forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's at Lumpy Mother Podcast. Um, in fact, we are going to pick one follower from Facebook and one follower from Instagram to win a $15 gift card to Starbucks or Amazon. You get to choose. We're going to post the details on how to enter that. Um, we'll post those on the Instagram and the Facebook page. So definitely check back there. And then we are going to declare our winner in the next episode. So next Tuesday, you guys will get to hear who won. Yay. And please (laughs) make sure to join us next week to see what motherhood has in store for our lives and yours. Bye. Bye. Thank you.